I mean, come on, Ed, it's bull crap. Don't get me wrong, I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is anchor man, not anchor lady, and that is a scientific fact. Uh-huh. I don't know what we're yelling about. You're with us, Ron. What do you think? She, she, it's terrible. She has beautiful eyes and her hair smells like cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Loud noises. He's hurt. On third and long, Prescott runs it up the middle. 15, 10, 5, diving to the run. A Cicerone high today. What's that? What? Cicerone, Cicerone, whatever the fuck it is. Cicerone, fuck ready to go today. I like it. What the hell? Was that because of us? I don't know. I mean, it started off super positive, then it just got crazy. Scarface quit his job. Still waiting on that heifer, Julio. You. You. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. This is the Zero to 100 Podcast. I'm your host, William C. Walker Jr. And uh, so a lot has taken place since the last time I posted the uh, podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by my fellow Cowboys fans as we had our immediate reaction that Monday after the Cowboys went down to the Browns 49-38. That... That performance was absolutely horrendous. And I'm very troubled by the Cowboys defense. And so I'm joined by uh, my brother Corey, Aaron, and Greg. And we just pretty much go off, especially me in particular. And we revise where we think the um, the Cowboys record is going to be at the end of the season. So also, uh, I had was joined by... Um, my niece Samaya, who's going to be participating in her first election this year, and my friend Christina and Greg comes back as well, so we could discuss what's probably going to be the one and only presidential debate um, because of all the stuff that took place this week. And this was, uh, you know, before Trump decided that he wasn't going to debate anymore. So we discuss our reaction to the first debate as well. So it's a action-packed episode 
with plenty of uh, screaming and yelling, which is why I called this episode Loud Noises. Because between the the chaos of that debate and then my reaction to the Cowboys losing to the Browns, yeah, there's a lot of yelling going on in this episode. So, uh, <laughs> just giving you for a warning right now. Uh, so hope you guys have been enjoying it. I could, uh, I'll be back later at the end to share some more thoughts uh, in regards to the Cowboys and also uh, you know what's coming up in the future episodes of the Zero to One Hundred podcast. This is a Zero to One Hundred podcast episode fifty-two. Loud noises. Let's go. All right, this is Zero to 100 Podcast. I got my boys back. I got uh, my friend Aaron. What's up, Aaron? What's going on? And my brother, Corey. Hey, what's up? And then uh, I know Greg is, is uh, he already texted me, saying he was going to jump on late. So let's just get, let's just get it out the way. Let's just get, let's get started. Cowboys go down 49 to 38. To the Cleveland Browns. This is how bad the Browns are. My wife that don't even watch football, when she saw the Cowboys lost to the Browns, she's like, they lost to the Browns? Aren't the Browns bad? She don't even watch football. She don't even <laughs> watch it. She don't even know nothing about sports. And she knows that the Browns is bad. But yet, you gave up 49 points to a to, – I just so I just want to start there. Where would y'all like? Let me just say that. Who who are you blaming for this loss? Who who do you blame for the loss yesterday? Uh, Corey, I think I mean it's it's clearly the the defense. Um, you know, like it, uh, especially I mean like Cleveland. Going into the game, uh, Stefanski said his whole thing was to try to get up early uh, uh, so that, you know, they could do what they want to do, which is run the ball. And so you know that they're like one-dimensional. So if if you can, you know, hold them down a little bit and get up on them, they're going to have to turn to Baker Mayfield, and he's not good enough to really carry that team. And so, you know, all the defense had to do was hold them to under 38 points. You know, <laughs> your, your offense scored 38 points with three turnovers. Yeah. All you got to do is hold the other team to 37, you know. Um, so I, I blame it square, squarely on the defense. Um, and, I, and I guess if you want to pick specific players, then I got to go uh, the front seven because they just got ran on and and just had some terrible plays, like especially Everson Griffin. Yeah, we we gonna get to the players. Sorry, right, Aaron. Who who would you blame for the loss? I blame Aaron Walker. I blame my damn self. I blame myself <laughs> because I was too optimistic about the talent on this roster. I mean, come on. With talent comes leadership. Any takers there? I mean, we can blame injuries, but I saw the 49ers Eagles game last night. No one surrendered forty points a game, and they had more injuries mm-hmm. than anyone. Yeah. I mean, at what point do we say enough's enough? Where's where is the pride? I mean, for example, if you get burnt or you miss a tackle, I mean, you have to let that person know it's not going to happen again. I mean, I know when I played, I was kind of a trash talker, and I know these guys out there on the field—they're cocky. They talk trash. So if you get burnt, you gotta let that person face it. Yo, 
It's not happening again. Dude. But outside mm-hmm. of myself, I'm going to blame Mike McCarthy because you hired Mike Nolan. When he ran the defense previously in the 49ers Falcons, they always ranked in the bottom five. I mean, it's absurd. It's hard to stomach. Do we really need to score 40 points a game just to win? Hold on. Did I mention that we're now at a negative seven in the turnover differential, which ranks as dead last in the league, which means that defense, we're not getting – we're not creating any turnovers. Oh, yeah. All we're doing is turning the ball over. But they so never do. this is actually the Cowboys second – Cowboys defense never turns right. the ball over. Never, never. So this is actually the second worst four-game stretch in franchise history in 61 seasons. So I'm blaming myself. <laughs> All right, so, all right, Greg, I appreciate you jumping on. Uh, I just was asking them, who do you blame for the loss? For the listeners out there, you can't see Greg just jumped on, and he got a uh, brown paper bag <laughs> over his head, which I don't, I don't blame him because I'm, I'm disgusted. But I need to get one of them. <laughs> who, who, who do you blame for the loss yesterday, Greg? I blame Earl Thomas. <laughs> I blame Earl Thomas because he's sitting on his house not doing anything and he would have made a difference yesterday <laughs> that's who I blame Earl Thomas it's his fault oh man I, yo I can't I, I'm like I'm not even like my wife was like oh surprise like I'm proud of you not really mad I was like I can't even be mad anymore. I'm just, it was hilarious. It was like when Odell Beckham returned that reverse for the touchdown, I just laughed. I just laughed. I didn't even yeah. get that. I just laughed at it. Cause I was just like, you gotta be freaking kidding me. Cause she's, Where was the was defense? Crazy. Yeah. It was, it was like, crazy. As soon as Alden Smith missed that tackle, I was like, oh, touchdown. But he was by himself. Where was his backup? It was only Alden Smith on, on that play? Yeah. It's just, it's like, it's when I watched I, I watched that play. It's like the whole defense did on the play after. Yeah, I mean I, I watched that reverse uh, like at least five or six times today because I was like at first I was like Alden Smith like my recollection of it was Alden Smith almost made the play, and then I just thought nobody else did anything else. And then when I saw it, I felt like okay Alden Smith you could have set the edge a little bit better to try to funnel him inside, but Better he angle. at least forced him to go deeper and even wider. And so then I started paying attention to what the rest of the defense was doing, and they started running backwards as if, like, to try to get ahead of where Beckham was going. And I was confused by it because my thought was, why are you running backwards? Why don't you run parallel? Like, why don't you just at least create a wall to – to force him to make a move or something like Joe Thomas, he ran right out of bounds. Like, and I was like, what are you doing? And then Jalen Smith, he was sitting there jogging over there. I was like, what are you like? It just, <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm just, yeah, like, we have the worst linebacking core in the league, man. By far. We have the like, worst, lo- we have the worst linebacking core in, in the league. It's, it's just, it's not even like, you know, and it's not even like, the crazy thing is, it's like going into the game, the concern was the Cowboys secondary. Because we was like, after the Seattle game, and they had dudes running wide open, you was like, oh, man, this secondary. And 
people was like, well, the Browns don't really pass the ball. They run the ball. That's what their offense is. It's based on run. He's like, oh, well, the Cowboys, they got a top 10 run defense. That was a mirage. The only reason they didn't have, like, a like worse run defense is because teams just chose not to run on them. But it's like they the defense has shown that if you want to run the ball, you can run the ball on them. If you want to pass the ball, you can pass the ball on them. Whatever you feel like doing, that's what you can do. You'll get it on this defense. We so, have no identity. None. None. And I just I just wanted to, all right, so I just wanted to no give identity. a couple of stats on the defense. Because where my blame is, my my blame is on the defense and it's on the players. It's on the trash defensive players. Trash. Straight garbage. I'm not pulling no punches. I'm not cutting, I'm not sugarcoating it. It's straight trash. But this is some of the statistics I heard today that just blew my mind. So the worst, the history of the Cowboys, they've been around for, uh, you know, I think this is their uh, 100-year or is it their 60-year anniversary? Uh, six, 60, 61 years. Yeah, 61 years. Year yeah. So in 60 years, the Cowboys' worst defense gave up a total of 436 points in a season. 436. This Cowboys defense is on pace to give up 584 total points for the season. And the team that gave up, like, and so then, this is another thing. Since 1960 was the last time the Cowboys gave up, Cowboys defense gave up 38 points or more in three straight games. That's 1960 when they first came into the league. When it was an expansion team. So you're playing worse defense than an expansion team that just came into the league when football was first invented pretty much. And you're playing worse didn't, than that. Didn't we set that record a couple years ago also? Uh, Remember that one year we had historically bad defense? It was it, one of Tony oh, yeah, Didn't about, we set that record? With Wade Phillips. You talking about yeah. with Wade Phillips? Uh, no, yeah. Yeah, bum, bum Phillips. <laughs> That Wade Phillips, that Wade Phillips defense was giving up an average of twenty-seven points per game. This defense is giving up thirty-six points per game, so it's still worse than what that was. Then this other statistic that blew my mind. This other thing that blew my mind. I was like, I was, so this other thing that cracked that, that just drove me crazy. So the Cowboys deep, like the Cowboys team. So <laughs> number of plays that have been run when trailing. So third in the league is the Giants at 210. Like, these are the most plays that they ran, like, while trailing in the game. So the Giants, that's 210. Second place is the Jets at 221. First place, the Dallas Cowboys at 262. So the closest team to you you're 41 <laughs> plays more than the freaking Jets that are 0-4, the Giants that are 0-4, and you just a watermelon kick away from being 0-4 yourself. That's just straight garbage. That's trash. I just, so, all right, next question I got for y'all. What was the worst coaching decision that you felt was uh, made during the game? I'll start with you, uh, uh, Aaron. I can – I feel like – and it's not – I'm not really going to hone in on the worst decision during the game because there were too many of them to really 
you know, pinpoint actually one. But I will say I feel like preparation or lack of was probably the the worst coaching decision because, number one, okay, I'm sitting on the sidelines of my couch. So I know the Browns hired a new coach, Stefanski. He came from the Vikings who Dalvin Cook had a career year last year because – he loves to run the ball. He told us that. He loves running the ball. He's been showing it with Chubbs and Hunt. So we know, number one, oh, also don't forget that he has his offensive line coach last offensive coordinator is Bill Callahan, who spent time with Dallas, who loves to run the ball. Every place that Callahan's been, they've always had a top five running attack. So you know off the bat, we have to stop the run. Let Baker Mayfield beat us. And we do – I can't say we do the opposite. We just do nothing. So we let them run the ball down our throat, opens up the play action, everything else Baker Mayfield wants to do. Um, I don't know who the hell their Ernest Johnson is who gained 95 yards when Tubbs went down. I have no clue who that is. I never even heard of the dude. I bet he just came he up was from a, the practice squad. Nobody heard of him. He was, he was a fisherman. Yeah. He was for freaking exactly. money. <laughs> right. So, so there was – so I feel like there was a lack of preparation there. And let's blame Nolan again. Why the hell is uh, Daryl Worley covering Odell Beckham Jr. man-to-man? Are you, are, are you kidding me? Like, who covers him man-to-man? Unless you're Jalen Ramsey or somebody, you ain't covering nobody man-to-man. Like, where is the safety help? I mean, do we even have safeties? Hello, Earl Thomas, Eric Weddle, whoever. Like, go get somebody because these dudes ain't getting it. So, I'm sorry. I can't tell you what part of the – of that game was the worst coaching season because I think it had to start with the preparation or lack of. All right, Greg, worst coaching decision from yesterday? Um, not signing Earl Thomas. <laughs> because if we had Earl Thomas on the team, maybe he would have walked up to uh, Bones Fossil and threatened to punch him in the face if he, um, if he keeps on having uh, uh, Tony Pollard back there returning kicks. <laughs> and uh, and for that bonehead watermelon kick that he messed up, instead of kicking it down straight down like he did before. <laughs> All right, cool. And, he, and, you, and you know what, man? I, I'm still trying to figure out why Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan still have a job. I, I mean, I'm with you on Mike Nolan. I ain't going front. I'm I'm not. Yeah. I'm with you on Mike Nolan. I, because I, here's the thing. Um, because here's the thing about it. What is, what, what is Mike McCarthy doing? The offense is Kellen Moore's offense, and he's calling the plays. But I, I still feel like I, – I, I still think it's Mike McCarthy's offense, and I think it's his philosophy. So mm-hmm. the offense ain't the issue for me. I have zero problems with the offense. I do have a problem with Mike Nolan. I don't even have a problem with Mike McCarthy's game, like his, his aggressiveness. Like, I feel like it's an aggressive game plan, but – yeah, I, I'm just I'm with you on Mike Nolan though, but yeah, I, I, but you got to remember when Mike McCarthy said came in, said the one thing he was going to keep was the was the off was Kellen Moore's offense, and that he and that he was actually learning the terminology and what was going on. Yeah, so it's like he was other than he was saying keep... go for it off them. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I know he said he was going to keep Kellen Moore's terminology, but I don't think he kept. Like his offense, I still think it's Mike McCarthy's offense. I think he just kept Kellen Moore's terminology, though. But, but, um, all right, Corey, what would you say was the worst the coaching thing. decision? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like uh, piggybacking off of Aaron because uh, I don't even know if you can isolate it to one uh, bad decision, maybe special teams, but it, it's like um, just personnel decisions it, because, um, like Greg said, why is Tony Pollard still returning kicks? I can understand if, if he had broke a couple here and there or, and or, you know, he was averaging a lot of yards per return or he had given you a couple touchdowns last year or something. Oh, the, the only thing that he's shown is that he doesn't know what he's doing back there. Mm-hmm. And so why he's still return, why he's still returning kicks is like, you know, terrible preparation. And then uh, uh, why is Worley uh, – in the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is he on the field? Like, like Reggie Robinson can't be any worse. Um, right. So, it, it, just like the decisions that they make with the players that they have. Um, so, it's like it ain't even coaching. It's, it's you know, personnel decisions. Because, um, yeah, I, I don't know why Earl Thomas isn't on the team. I, I don't know why, um, you know, you, did, you, you sitting up here – uh, relying on Everson Griffin, who hasn't shown anything, and and, and I, it's clear to see Minnesota let him go for a reason, because I guess he just forgot how to play football. Because the I, in my opinion, the worst play of the game was him playing patty cake that was Baker Mayfield on that uh that that receiver option. <laughs> that was disgusting. Like, you you could have did anything to Baker in that moment, and you wouldn't have got flagged because he wasn't a quarterback in that moment. He was a blocker. I'm like, you could have slapped him upside his head probably, and they went through the flag. But so, yeah, I mean, I can't even point to a single coaching decision. Just like the personnel decisions coming into the game it was, was just wrong. Yeah, I, I missed it. I remember you had mentioned it to me yesterday when I went back and watched it this morning. That Yeah, that reverse pass, Everson Griffin, that <laughs> – it summed up to me the Cowboys' defensive effort because you had Baker Mayfield come out on him and he was doing like – and Everson Griffin, instead of just like bowling him over, he just sat there and was like – and I was like, what What are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And it's like you said, it's like you was playing patty cake with him. I'm like, what the – like <laughs> – he, he just need to retire after that because I'm just like, any other defensive player worth his salt – would see the quarterback coming out there and would hey, run look- right through him. Like, yeah. step on his chest. On his, like, I, I wouldn't even got mad at him if, if Jarvis Landry had to, like, ran down the field for 20 yards or something because he blew the quarterback up. Like, yeah. So That was just crazy. For me, I, I'm going to say this. Like, the worst coaching decision for me, and I guess you could say maybe it was a personnel thing or maybe it was preparation, but how you start – Terrence Steele at right tackle and don't give him any assistance. Like, first off, no, I didn't no. understand how Terrence Steele was yeah. starting when it's been very clear he can't block and Brandon Knight is better. But even still, you got him going up against Miles Garrett and they act like they were shocked that Miles Garrett was constantly lining up on Terrence Steele as opposed to Tyron Smith. And I'm like, so I got all pro future Hall of Fame left tackle on this side. I got rookie right tackle who was undrafted 
on this side. Hmm. Hmm. Which which one do I want to put my all pro <laughs> defensive end on? Like I, I just don't understand. Like that's the only coaching decision where I get mad at, at like Mike McCarthy because I'm like, what the f was you thinking? What was you doing? Like that that was crazy to me. That's the first part of my conversation in regards to the Cowboys. I, I mean, it's. I'll say this: out of the first four games, you can't say that it hasn't been entertaining because. Um. When the Cowboys cut it to three, I just couldn't comprehend. I, I mean, there was a small piece of me that had me think for a second, yo, are they about to do this again? Are they about to pull it off? Because the situation was actually even better than the Falcons because they had more time. It's just I had zero faith because of how awful the defense was. Like, if, I almost feel like if they had to try to kick – uh, another onside kick to win the game, then it would have been a better situation than than what it was because that way you're leaving it out of the defense's hands. And um, at the end of this episode, I really want to get into it, especially with some comments that some of the defensive players have made this week uh, when, in regards to their effort. Uh, so up next is my conversation that I have with um, uh, Samaya, Greg, and Christina as we talk the uh, – first presidential debate you're listening to the zero to 100 podcast welcome back it's the zero to 100 podcast i have my f- slew of guests here today i have my niece samaya what's up Hello. got my good friend greg what's up greg what's going on man and frequent guest christina what's up chris hey 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 all right, so a lot to talk about. I wanted to uh, talk about the first and uh, maybe the only uh, presidential debate. So, Chris, I know you didn't really watch it, but that's okay. I watched 45 seconds of it, and that <laughs> was enough. I watched it right to the point where, like, they were talking over each other, and then um, Biden was, like, you know, calling him a clown. And I was like, yep, this is what exactly what it is, the circus. <laughs> Click. And I switched it. I was like, I got time for that. No. All right. So, Samaya, this is your first election that you're voting in. And was this your first debate that you've ever watched? Um, I think I saw a little bit of the Clinton and Trump debate. But uh, this would be my first debate that I actually, like, paid close attention to. So what was your thoughts? <laughs> um... First of all, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Like, it was very entertaining, actually. I was like, if this weren't real, I'd love to watch this every week. It was so funny. I couldn't believe that this was really happening. And it was it was just like, I was having so much fun watching it because it was like, they're being so petty. And I could understand, like, that they're being petty over the smallest things. But, like... It was it was just I couldn't believe that yeah. this is what our country's come to, and that be, there's people out there for watching these people, and they're like, yeah, I'm gonna vote for them. So it, it was. Oh, very I just want to tell you that's that's definitely not normal. That's now it's not how it's supposed to be. The moderator is supposed to have control. You, you're supposed to be able to hear 
both sides. You know, there are some times where they, you know, they talk over each other, but for the most part, I mean, the watching those two was like watching the odd couple. I mean, like two old man mm-hmm. geezers, you know, duking it out. It was, it was like watching, it was like, I was like watching like grumpy old men. If it was like, that's all I was yeah. like, like, <laughs> just like, to say. You know what I mean? So go ahead. So Greg, what what was your thoughts, Greg? Because I know you said you watched the whole thing too. Yeah, yeah, I watched the thing from start to stop. And I mean, there's actually a bunch of times where I actually rewound the the, the TV to to make sure I I heard exactly what I thought I heard them say. You know what I mean? Um, But I mean, I wasn't surprised. I mean, that's, I mean, I figured that's how it was going to be before I even, you know, before I even announced it was actually going to be a debate. I could always picture a debate between those two looking like that. And, mm-hmm. and, and it did. I mean, you had, I mean, and also you, um, you kind of knew too, it was going to be like that because as the base started getting closer and closer and closer, they kept talking about how Trump wasn't really preparing for it. You know what I mean? So, you know, how do you go and win a debate when you're not prepared, you over talk somebody, you know what I mean? And it was crazy that the fact that, you know, Chris Wiles was trying to give him like alley you questions, but he couldn't get those questions out because he would over talk him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, the thing about it is, like, I, I mean, I thought Chris Wallace, you know, gave him gave him both the equal uh, equal respect until he couldn't do it no more, and he was just like, you know what, like, yo, you gotta shut up. Yeah, it it was but, funny because I missed uh, the majority of it because I actually kind of forgot about it, but I went back I went back and watched it the next day, but the thing that I, when I caught the tail end of it, I think I commented, I said, so wait a minute, I was like, is he de- debating Biden, or is he debating Chris Wallace? Because Trump was like, him and Chris Wallace was going at it, and mm-hmm. I said, wait a minute, I thought he was supposed to be debating Biden, like, what is he doing? <laughs> just, the funniest thing to me, though, was when I finished, I was watching the recap, and uh, Wolf Blitzer on CNN, he threw it to Jake Tapper, he goes, well, what did you think, Jake? And then Jake Tapper's first. Oh yeah, his first. Comment. It was like it was a hot mess on well, on, well, on a Bash, trunk, on fire on a train. Dana Bash started all fire. that off. Dana Bash was the first one who started all that off. So before uh-huh. uh, before um, Anderson Cooper said what he said, and Jake, I mean Jake Tapper said what he said. They they went to Dana Bash first, right after it was over, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Well, I'm just gonna." She goes, "You know." I probably should be saying this, but that was a shit show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right she said that on live TV. Yeah. yeah, live on TV. Like she yeah, she had show blonde hair. I forgot her name. Yeah, 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 yeah. she said that, yeah. 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 And it, then, it was, like, it, I mean, but it was crazy. It was crazy. So was there a, um, for, for you, Samaya, was there a highlight moment, or I guess you could say a low light moment? <laughs> um... One of the negative things that I, many negative things that I picked up on was the fact that Trump did not condemn white supremacy. Like, wow. Like they gave him, and it was like, even if you could say that he wasn't a white supremacist, they gave him time and time again to say, no, I'm not with that. But he went ahead and he didn't say anything against it. It really confirmed everything we've already been saying. And it's like a lot of times people kept saying like, well, I don't know why you guys are all surprised. And it was like, I kind of wasn't surprised, but I was. I just really thought like there might've been a chance he would have tried to make it look like he wasn't 
a white supremacist. He don't care. He doesn't care about that. It does. It's not gonna hurt his. his like his base loves it, right? So he's not gonna say anything that's gonna piss off his base. His base loves the fact that he's racist, and that's but, that. So I, I mean, I don't know why people would have thought that he was gonna say say something against it. He has in his whole presidency. He had moments after moments, even before then, and he never was ever against it. He's homies with the Duke guy. So I don't know why people keep expecting him. I, I just think the more you expect from him, the more he's just going to fail. So stop expecting for him to stand up and to be a good leader and a good man. He's just not. That's not his MO. He doesn't care about that. Good, but to Samaya's point, too, like, you know, I felt the same way she felt. Like, you know, it's like you, you know it, but, you know, why are you surprised? But the thing about it is, like, to know it is the one thing. But to have somebody say and confirm it is oh, enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, that's, I mean, I felt the exact same way she felt. Like, that That stung. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, okay, man, we always knew he was. But right now, and that's with TV, he's actually confirming that that's how he feels. And, yeah. like, it's not even just, like, him confirming it, too. But, like, he's saying, him confirming it actually sent a message to other people that I've actually come out now. It's okay for y'all. Like, he's been doing the last four years, saying these things about people, and now all these racist people have been coming out, and it, it's just another confirmation for, for them. And another yeah. one. Didn't he have a, uh, didn't he put a Twitter, I think, that night, telling the Proud Boys, well, stand, stand by, but stand no. back? No, it was like he said it during a debate when they was trying to get him to denounce white supremacy. He goes, well, well what do you want me to say? And then he's like, well, well Proud Boys, Stand back, stand by, and they heard that, and they was like, "What?" Like they was going banana, and then they, the very next thing they did is they put out uh, merchandise and, and like a big Instagram picture saying "Stand back and stand by," as if he was like speaking directly to them and everything, because he was. And mm -hmm. I, I guess it's like it's it's like I was talking to one of my friends after the debate, and we were talking about that moment, and we were laughing because she was like. We, it's not like we would believe him even if he did say he denounced it because your actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. But we was like, that's the biggest softball question. Like, you could at least lie. <laughs> exactly. Like, yes, I denounced my supremacy, but even though, but he couldn't even do that. It was like, it's like yeah. you said, Chris, like you were scared. Like, I can't offend my supporters. I can't. Yeah. Like, well, what do you want me to say? And, and that was the first thing to me. It was like, Joe Biden was like, well, what did he say? Say it. Exactly. <laughs> and I think another thing, too, um, you know, as a New Yorker, um, I've known about his racist actions for a lot longer than probably you guys may have known because y'all from here in Philly and whatnot. So I've known about it. So I knew even when he was announcing his nomination, you know, back, what, four years ago now, I was like, oh, man, this, we don't want this guy. He's a known racist. He has a lot of racial complaints. All his buildings, he doesn't allow Black people to live there unless you're, like, a celebrity. I mean, he has history about with racist things dating back from the 80s. Um, the biggest one for me was when he took out that, um, big page for the Central Park Five and basically mm. saying that, you know, that they needed to kill the boys because they were this and they were that. And he said, 
a lot of disgusting and vulgar things. I mean, to take a full page out on, you know, in the newspaper, you know, it's not exactly cheap. And it was just a whole letter just, yeah. uh, just skating these boys. And then when they found out, you know, years, you know, obviously these boys spent some years in jail. And after they were freed and, and you know, obviously the evidence showed that they didn't do it, they went back to him saying like, yo, are you going to apologize? And he was like, no. Yeah, he doubles down. Like he, he doubled, doubled down, down on it. On it. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. So that's why for me, I was not expecting him to say any to say, yeah, racism is is terrible. I, I, he's he's a racist. So we need to remember that racists like racism, and expecting them to say, oh, I hate racism, is just not gonna. It's not possible. It's not gonna do it. So again, I think it's just one of those things where we expected too much of him. I think stop stop expecting him to step up. He's not gonna step up. He showed he he what's that he old quote? Who he is. He, yes, he showed us who he is. So we need to believe him yeah, and now vote him out. That's yeah. it. That's it. So Greg, but would I, you would you say? I'm oh, sorry. Go I, ahead, Greg. Well, I think I'm uh, sorry about that. But I, I think I think now, and I think I mean I think he's always been a racist, but I think now he just doesn't care. Yeah. You know, what I mean? right, because, yeah. you know, because you got to think but think back to. I mean, he has condemned it before. You know what I mean? Like that, that you know that like, and I, and I really wish like the Democrats and uh, like CNN and stuff like that will stop saying this. Um, but that whole thing where he was like, you know, there were fi very fine people on both sides. Mm, mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. there, there's more. Like, if you if you watch that whole thing, like and it's just crazy because like it, like I mean, everybody knows how shady and shifty Fox News is and all that stuff. But like, CNN and MSNBC do do some of the same stuff, right? And like I wish Biden would stop just talking about that because it makes him look bad. But if you watch the rest of that video, within like the next two sentences, he actually does say like he condemns them. You yeah, know what I mean? But I so so but the, but the thing about it is like he could have he he could have he could have even did something as half-assed as that. You know what I mean? And say what he said after that he said there are very fine people on both sides, right? He could have said something half-assed as we said after that. But but he but he still kind of cared then. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. Trump, but he, before he was a president, he cared like that people didn't think he was a racist because he liked hanging out with all the black hip hop artists and all the black celebrities and stuff like that. Like he liked to be seen out with people, but he was still a racist. Now he has reached the, the, the top of the top and you can't get no higher than this as a white yeah. man in America, right? So now, and he has a following of people who no matter what he does, like he, he told, uh, Woodwork in January that he knew how bad the coronavirus yeah. was and all that stuff going on, right? He still, to this moment, lying to the American people about how dangerous they are. Like, look, 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 he already said it. It's on recording. Yeah, so he said it's like the flu. He he's like, you can live with it like yeah. the flu. So, so now he has all these people praising him and doing all this stuff, no matter what kind of crazy shit that he does, he knows he's going to be good. So he yeah. don't care now. So that's why he didn't denounce it like he had before. But like yeah. he just doesn't care. So let me ask you this, Greg, because you watched the whole thing as well. Like, did you, uh, you know, most people took it as like they just, their reaction to the debate was like, oh, it's a mess. It was just a chaotic mess. And I couldn't see a winner one way or the other. Was there anything that Biden did that you thought was good or bad in terms of the debate? Um, I think... So there's a couple things I thought. I mean, so first things first, like going into this, you know, a lot of people had a lot of speculation about his like mental health and mental capacity and 
Does he have dementia? Does he not? And all that stuff. You know, having somebody for an hour and a half or however long they were debating, mm -hmm. having somebody completely interrupt you the way that he interrupted him and, and for the most part, Biden seemed to jump right back on task to where he was uh, or where he was supposed to be. And, you know, I have a stutter. So I can sympathize with him with his stutter. And when people jam you but mess you up, the hardest thing to do is to like maintain your train of thought because you don't want to think about stuttering. And I don't think he stuttered one time. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so for him to be able to like do that and maintain that type of focus, that puts to bed anything, anything that anybody has to say about his mental capacity. Mm -hmm. um, one, one, one big moment that actually stuck out to me was, you know, you know, I loved how, let me back up. I loved how he, he would engage with Trump when he had enough, but then he would kind of back off a little bit so he wouldn't feed into the rest of what Trump was trying to do. You know what I mean? Because Trump just basically wanted to have an argument with him. Do you know what I mean? And so he didn't yeah. feed into that. Like, he fed into it a little bit, but then he also had the reserve to, like, pull itself back and talk to the American people. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And then by him talking to the American people, like, me, I'm going to segue into my third thing. When Trump came at him for his son having a drug problem, right? When mm -hmm. he came at him, when he came at him for, for that, Biden had a real personal moment with America when he, with, with, with his response. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He looked the camera right in the face and said, look, my son had a drug problem. He got better. I'm super proud of him. I couldn't be more proud of him for overcoming that. And now, and, and now he's building himself back up to the man I know he can be. And I'm paraphrasing. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? But for him to do that, you know what I mean? Like, no, he don't no. talk about he don't talk about his son having drug problems. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's something that he doesn't talk about. He's not open about. And also, too, you got a large portion of white America going through the same thing. Yep. So he was able to talk to those 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 Americans, conservative and Democrat. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I, those those are the moments that stuck out for me. How about you, Samaya? Was there anything <clears throat> that Joe Biden did that you thought was good or bad? Yeah, I think Greg covered a lot of them. The biggest thing for me was the points where he would stop and stare and talk into the camera. And then, like, the whole purpose, which I feel like nowadays with presidential candidates, they forget the whole purpose of the debate is to address the people mm -hmm. and let them know what it is that you are going to do when you become president. Absolutely, 100%. Argue with Biden and talk about why Biden shouldn't be president or what he's going to do if he's if you don't vote for Trump. Whereas Biden tried to, yes, shoot down Trump, but he also tried to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do if you vote for me. This is what we're going to do. This is um this is my plan for climate change. This is my plan for COVID. Like he did all that. And literally Chris Wallace would ask Trump these questions and all Trump would do was point fingers at Biden. Mm -hmm. He never really actually sat there and talked about what he was going to do. So I feel like the point where and I feel like it was just so cool how he stopped, stared at the camera and told people, this is what I'm going to do. This is this is like like talking to the people, mm -hmm. especially the part where he's like, he was like, uh, you, how many of you guys have come downstairs in the morning for breakfast and sat at your table and there's someone not there 
because they passed because of COVID. Mm-hmm. I was shocked. Uh, I didn't know how he was going with that when he started that sentence, but he really like spoke to those families who have lost someone. And I feel like that put them into a mind space of, yeah, Trump hasn't really done much for COVID, but Biden, he may, he, after like what he has said about what he's going to do for COVID, maybe I should think about voting for him. So like, I think those were some of the good things that Biden had did. I didn't really have much of a problem with, um, the only thing I didn't like was when he fell into like arguing or pointing fingers at Trump. Um, he could have, it just kind of made him look bad. And, but he did, I think he did a lot better than Trump during the debate. So real quick before I jump to this next topic, did either of you guys have a problem when when Biden called Trump a clown or told him to shut up? <laughs> no. true. I mean, he was he is a clown and he does need to shut up so i agree with that 100 percent. yeah i mean it was i mean it was funny i mean i mean look but i i like i like that petty stuff and it's even funnier when it's two old white men doing it so <laughs> you know what i mean so like, so like i mean i mean keeping it 100 right <laughs> right i mean it's even funnier seeing that you know what i mean like it's like yo y'all two 70 something year old white men <laughs> are just as petty as two like chicks on the corner fighting you know what I mean? like like come on now like what are we talking about you know what i mean like you know and it's just like but but be able to see that like i mean but like christina said he is a clown and he needs to shut up the thing about it is if like if joe biden was like if, if on the corner in claymont joe biden would have punched him in his mouth oh yeah what are you talking <laughs> yeah, about his son? i think so yeah. i think you yeah <laughs> like joe biden would have punched him in his mouth like in COVID or no COVID. <laughs> you know what that's I mean? like, like one of the number one rules you don't don't ever bring the children yeah. in yeah, don't yeah, bring yeah. the children yeah. in and, and look and everybody knows trump's kids is on coke so i don't even know what exactly you know every time you know, every time i see eric trump his eyes is glazed talking all fast and talking all yep, crazy yep. like and, and, and i don't know if you watched the nomination i'm at the nomination the, um the republican convention you notice how they all came out like yelling and screaming and something like yeah. that. Yeah. All of y'all, yeah. y'all, y'all didn't hit that blow in the back. That's why I, I, I always thought yeah. it was funny when Trump was sitting there talking about he wanted to have a drug test. I was like, for what? So we can know that you on coke? Yo, yo, Trump, <laughs> Trump, yo, Trump's on coke right now. That's how he running out making speeches and videos and stuff. He high right now. <laughs> That's the first part of my conversation with uh, Greg, Samaya, and Christina talking about the uh, debate, the first and probably the only presidential debate, again, because this past week after the um, debate debate commission decided to go to a virtual format uh, after Trump's recklessness, he decided to be a a punk and talk about how he wasn't going to debate if it was a virtual debate. There's a number of reasons of why, but uh, this is going to be up next is wrapping up my Cowboys conversation with the fellas, and then I'll have the uh, end of the debate con- um, conversation, and then I'll wrap it up. Uh, you're listening to the Zero to 100 podcast. So let me ask y'all this, because the Cowboys cut it to three. My, they went into the fourth quarter down 41 to 14. 41 to 14, and somehow they cut it to three, and it was three minutes, 42 seconds left. They had one timeout. 
Should they have kicked it off deep? Like, what did you think of the kicking decision? I'll start with you, Greg. What What did you think of the kicking decision at that that point? Well, I think, I think we. I mean, we got pretty close with the previous on the, uh, the previous kick that he kicked deep. You know what I mean? Like we almost got lucky there. You know, so you know, I, I, I go kicking it again deep. I mean, I'm I'm all for it because I mean, by us not doing that, look where we put on that. You know what I mean? Like you never know. Like that that 50 yard run that Odell had, it, it wasn't going to be a 75 yard run. You know what I mean? Like somebody would have caught up to him. Hopefully. You know, I got to believe that. So, I think that right there would have helped out a lot. Mm-hmm. Corey? <clears throat> like, do you think yeah, he I mean, meant to kick it? Squid kick? I, I, I don't know. I mean, especially with, with the the play that they've had from the special teams. It's, it's just like um, – it, it, and even, like, you can't even really give them credit for that onside against Atlanta. That was more just the Atlanta players being dumb uh, and not getting on the ball, like, the more you look at it. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like you got three minutes, you know, and, and you got, you know, more than three minutes and a timeout. Um, it, it just, yeah, kick it deep. And, and, you know, like the defense, as terrible as they were, they had made a couple of stops that allowed you to get back in the game. And so, you know – and Cleveland, like their whole mindset would have just been run a ball. So it's like, you know, stack the box and, and um, you know, try to stop the run, even though you struggle. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know what the special teams is doing. And, and it's like if you're not going to make changes on the defense and you need to make some changes to the special teams and, and you know, get a new coach in there. Corey just – alluded to the fact of what happened with the Atlanta game. And I think because of what happened, they assumed that maybe we could get lucky two weeks in a row with some type of crazy onside kick. So that's how I think they were looking at it. But I was looking at the time and I said, okay, the defense has been trashed. Let's be honest. However, at that point, they had a little momentum. So why not go with a little momentum? Because if we would have kicked the D, maybe the Brown just earned it. And it looks like that call to Beckham would have never happened. I mean, they, they were able to take the risk because of the position that they were at on the field. That would have never happened. They would have ran the ball out. We would have probably ended up getting the ball back with about a little under 50 seconds left. That would have been enough time to drive down the field and tie it up. So I feel like I can go both sides with that kick. But like Corey said, it only worked against Atlanta just because they were just dumb. That's the only reason why it worked. You know, if that would have never happened, then would he have made that kick? Yes, say no. We would have went deep and just played it out. So, I don't uh, – you know, I'm kind of here with it. Like, I'm, I can go either direction, but I just feel like they, they should have just kicked it deep and just played it out. And just hopefully you gave Dak 50 seconds to work some magic. Yeah, I'm with y'all on that. All right, so this this is the last question I, I got for or actually no, I'm sorry, it's not the last question. Um <clears throat> so how many or are there any players that you would like to call out right now that you feel like either need to be cut or they need to be bitched? And it could be any of the players on offense or defense. And I'll I'll start with you, Aaron. Any players that you feel like need to be uh cut or benched? So 
I want to save some players for everybody else, so I'm not. I'm going to cut my <laughs> list in half. <laughs> but that I will so say, weird. right? I will say, starting with leaders and people who ju- just got paid, I feel like Demarcus Lawrence, you're not earning your money. Like you're not doing anything. I need to hear your name called every other play. I need to hear you in the mix. I'm not hearing that. Jalen Smith. I feel bad because mm-hmm. now I think he's a different player when he's next to Leighton Vanderex because he doesn't really have to be a leader. He just fly around and make tackles. So I was a big fan of him when Leighton was out there. Now that he's by himself, I can't stand him. He's always out of position. He's always So I think he's more exposed right now because he's the only one there. He doesn't have much help. So I'm looking at them two because they just got paid and they haven't done anything. Um, outside of them two, we already mentioned Everson Griffin because I think the past two Sundays I text William and, and I asked him, I said, yo, is Everson Griffin playing? Is he in the game? I don't know what – I don't even know his number. I don't even know where he's supposed to be at. And then, again, I got to always come back to both safeties. If they go to any other team, they're not making that roster. I'm sorry, Xavier Woods and uh, Thompson. I don't even know your first name. Dar- Darian or whatever your name is, you're trash. So – both of them, you're not making – you probably will make a practice squad with other teams. So, I'm looking at them. And I, I'm sorry if I've taken uh, up too many players. Corey? I mean, it's – I was going to say Everson Griffin, just that, that play just I, – I, I don't – he's going to have to get like 20 sacks the rest of the it season for me to let that play go. Um, so, I'll, I'll go with uh, uh, Daryl Worley. Because um, uh, you lined up in man coverage on the goal line, and you looking in the backfield against Odell Beckham Jr. And then when you turn your head to him, you just stand there. You don't put a finger on him. You don't try to like, you know, direct him one way or the other. You just give him the free release inside. And, and so like he hasn't shown anything this season. Like Trevon Diggs has gotten beat a couple of times, but he's also made some good plays and, and showed still. effort. Like, Daryl Worley, the only time you see him is when he's getting beat or doing something stupid. So, bench him now. <laughs> yeah. All right, Greg, any any players you, you would say need to be benched or cut? You muted. Oh, my bad. Um, I got to agree with Aaron, the whole defense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, pretty much. I mean – Here's the thing. I, I, I do like the defensive line. Um, I think they're the, they've shown flashes of what they can do. I mean, I, I think they would have a lot more sacks, a lot more pressures if the, if the secondary and linebackers could hold up. So I think that defensive line has actually been the, like the one bright spot on that whole, that whole defense. Um, you know, Demarcus Lawrence, I mean, he, he, popped, he popped a couple times yesterday. Like, we need that every game. You know what I mean? So, like I said, you know, if I, if I had to pick, you know, the whole defense is playing up to par, but I do think the defensive line is a lot better than that defense is actually leading on to the lead. So, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my players out real quick because y'all, y'all pretty much nailed it. Y'all, like, any, everybody that, that, um, that I was going to say or think about, I, I'm with y'all. I will say this. Cut Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard don't belong on this team. He brings absolutely nothing. What does he bring to your team? 
What does he do other than take the ball out of the end zone and get it to the 12 or not pay attention to where the ball is and he misplays it so it bounces in front of him and he yelling people to get away from it and you end up getting to the 10 or something. Like, Dallas has, like, I, th- I, I, I can't. I think they're ranked either 30th or 32nd in terms of field posi- starting field position, average field position in a game. And that's like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I will say this. I will say this because, like, y'all nailed it. Y'all, y'all called out uh, Everson Griffin. That patty cake play didn't make no sense. That pissed me off. He needs to go somewhere. Uh, y'all both, like, you know, Aaron and Greg, y'all mentioned uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Like, I know Aaron called him out more. Greg, you said he finally flashed. Here's my issue with Demarcus Lawrence, and I'm going to say this right now. When they were losing 41 to 22, you down by 19 on a third down run. Demarcus Lawrence finally makes a play. He actually tackled the running back for a loss of yardage. Then this. Almost lost it. So try to keep it clean. He jumps up and starts flexing. And I'm sitting there like, what are you doing? Like you're losing by 19 at this point. You ain't done nothing the whole freaking game. You don't make one tackle. You want to jump up and flex? Are you serious right now? What are you doing? And then <laughs> Jalen Smith. I'm going to say this right now. Jalen Smith. It was a great story. Dog, I feel bad for you. You played that ball game that really didn't mean nothing. You injured yourself. I'm going to say this right now. You're the worst player on this team. 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 If you're not out of position or, or tripping and falling, watch the first play. Watch the first run play that the Browns did. Jalen Smith, not only does he get blocked by the dude, he runs and trips over another dude while Chubb runs right by him for 20 yards. Jalen Smith is trash. And this is the other thing. When the Cowboys was actually up, the one, the few times that they're actually up, it was up 14-7. It was up 14-7. Browns got the ball. There was two penalties. They was at first and 20. They was looking at first and 20. Now, you know, you know, good dad going well. They wasn't getting no first down off of no first and 20. They was going to run two more plays. They was going to punt the ball, give it right back to the Cowboys offense that was rolling. Austin Hooper makes the catch. Joe Thomas is making a tackle on Austin Hooper. Jalen Smith wasn't even in the play. Runs all the way over there because that's all he does. He runs. He runs around. You want to see Jalen Smith do anything, he just run around. I don't know if he run around because he's like, look, I'm doing something. I'm busy. You're not doing nothing. You're not fooling nobody, Jalen Smith. You're not (laughs) doing nothing. But he runs over there. To get involved in a play that's already pretty much done. And what do you do? Up, oh, face mask. Up, oh, first down. So they go right down the field. Now, instead of you getting the ball back up 14-7, potentially going up 21-7, which is going to take the Browns out of their game plan, now it's 14-14. And then this brings me to the other player. Now, I'm not saying you need to cut him. You can't cut him. I'm not saying you need to bench him. But I just need to call this dude out because I got problems with him. I'm tired of the crap. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of Zeke. I'm tired of Zeke. I'm tired of Zeke. I'm done. I'm off the Zeke train. I'm off it because I want to say this. I want to say this. Why well, you got your freaking feed me? How about the feed? You want to be fed? How about you stop throwing up? How about you stop throwing up? Stop up you want to be fed? Get the food down. Get the food down. Right. 
Yeah, you just said Zeke and put you know, Antonio Pollard. Who's going to run the rock? <laughs> I ain't say you're going to cut Zeke. I ain't say you're going to cut him. But I need him to play better. Because I don't need you sitting there. Run, you fu- First of all, I ain't seen you bust a 15-yarder in like two years. Then you finally busted the jaw for 15. And you sitting there holding the ball with one hand. Put your hands on the ball. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Put your hands on the it looked like Zeke ran, um, ran out of gas right there, like his tire busted right there. <laughs> I'm just, I said, damn, man, who because before, like, he would have took that to the house. Zeke, man, three years, just, that was, that's a touchdown. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm ticked off. This defense is the worst I've ever seen in my life. Yep. It's just trash. It's trash, but it's not even that. Because it's like, the thing that irritates me is, the defense is so bad, you're asking the offense to be perfect. Like you have to absolutely be perfect. You can't no room up. for error. You you can't you can't mess up, and you gotta score on every possession. And if you put that kind of pressure on the offense, I don't care how good it is, you gonna falter. You gonna make mistakes. You gonna get hit by a, a all pro defensive end blindsided, and you gonna fumble the ball. It's gonna happen. But mm-hmm. it's just all right. You know. You I, know I, what? I, I, I just want to add one more thing if I can, real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, Aaron said something that was real key. And I was thinking the same thing yesterday. And I was texting my, my, uh, my two other friends who are Cowboys fans. The absence of uh, Leighton Vanderesh, you can see it with Jalen Smith. And here's what I was talking to about them. And I texted them. I said, the thing about it is it's almost like Jalen Smith, since Vanderesh Van isn't there, Jalen Smith is trying to do too much. Because if you see mm-hmm. what he's doing, like he's over-pursuing mm-hmm. plays, he's missing tackles, he's running around all crazy. It's like he's trying to do too much. You know what I mean? And not having Leighton Vanderesh there to calm him down and kind of be like, I got your back. Relax and do your job. You know what I mean? Like it seems like he's trying to do mm-hmm. everybody's job on that second level. Because he but his own. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. I, I've never seen him miss this many tackles. Nah. Did you see last year? Because let's just be real about it. Jalen Smith was trash last year. Jalen Smith was trash last year. After he wasn't this bad. Yeah, he wasn't this bad. After Jalen Smith got paid, Jalen Smith said, Oh, I just secured the bag. I ain't gotta do no, I ain't gotta put in the work no more. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 don't, I, I don't think he was this bad last year. I mean, you gotta remember, he, he had him, he made one of the best running backs in the league not want to play that game anymore when he when we went there and played the Saints. Alvin Kamara yeah. did not want to play no more after getting hit by Jalen Smith all the way he was getting hit. Was so that Jaylen last Smith, year? Was that two no, years that ago? Was, that was two years ago. Two years, two yeah, years ago, two he years was ago. a beast. Two years ago, he was a, he was a monster. Two years ago, last year, go back and watch it. Jalen Smith was trash. This dude okay. is not right, been, you know you, all right, you know, you got me there. All right, yeah, okay, yeah. two years ago, though, I mean, like, him and Vanderess together, like, you, they were looking like they were going to be the, the foundation of, like, a great defense. And so yeah. just two years later, and I know Van Der Esch is, is injuries, but, like, yeah, I don't know what happened to Jalen Smith. So how about let's revisit this when Van Der Esch or Sean Lee comes back, and then let's see if Jalen Smith can go back to doing what it can, it can only he's supposed up. to do. Yeah. So that, that brings me to my last question for y'all. <sighs> we, didn't put, we didn't put it out there. Of what we thought their record was going to be, 
So this is the chance to revise it. Aaron, you actually are right on target. Because you like you said they were gonna start off bad. So you were right on target. They started off one and three. What what, what do you you I think you had them going eleven and five to finish the year. Are you sticking with the eleven and five or are you revising it? No, you know what? I was thinking about that and I'm actually going to stick with the 11 to 5. You know, I, I want to be optimistic here. And I want to say the rest of the way, we're going to go 10 and 2. Because I'm looking at the schedule, I'm saying, okay, Ravens, Steelers, and maybe, you know, they may be the two losses unless San Francisco or, or, or the Cardinals sneak up on us. But I'm looking at this because I'm, I'm looking like, listen, we have no problem with scoring. We can score points. Now, maybe if they can start off fast and be more consistent, but – we proved that we can score a lot of points in a little bit of time if we have to. So, therefore, to think about this. <clears throat> can our defense get any worse? So, it – well, it has gotten worse over the last week. But moving forward, can, can, can we keep going? Can we go any lower? I don't think so. So, I, I want to say that either Mike Nolan's getting fired because I actually read something that they were talking about Mike Nolan may have to go. So – if we can fire him and let somebody just take over because you can't get anywhere. So I think if the defense can just at least hold and maybe we get this points per game down to like 25 a game, we're still scoring 30-something, we still have a chance here. So just as long as we can keep scoring and just stop the teams from scoring. I mean, it's, it's common sense, but common sense ain't common. So all I know is I still feel like we got the first quarter of the season over. I think that we can still have time to grow, time to get better as they learn this new scheme, this new system, whatever it's going to be right now. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with 11 and 5. Okay. All right, uh, Greg. Well, I think you had them. I think you was with me. I talked you up the <laughs> I talked you. I talked you up the 14 and 2. That's, that's out the door. That's not happening. All right, well, since, that, well, since that's out, out, out the window, uh, I think I texted you this yesterday. Uh, I'm going 5-11. and 11. <laughs> and I'm going 5-11 and 11 because I, I agree with Aaron. I mean, we, we can score as many points as we want, but if it comes down to that last possession, we know we're not going to stop anybody unless we sign Earl Thomas. That's it. And also, fire Mike Nolan and bring back Chris Richard. Yes. All right, Corey. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go with eight and eight. Like I, I was looking at their schedule and so they, they haven't played any division games yet. So that, that's like, I guess the only good thing, like they, they have their first in, uh, in division game next week against the Giants. And so, um, really as terrible as this division is, they should go six and zero. but I, mm-hmm. I'll say they go four and two in the division. Like they split with the, um, football team or or the Eagles um and so I say you know they'll go four and two in division and then I'm gonna chalk up the Ravens and Steelers those are losses um and and so then it comes down to like you know the the Vikings and Cardinals and and they should be able to beat them and so I think realistically eight and eight just because I have no faith in the defense but I can see them going eleven and five, but I'm gonna say eight and eight. So, I think I started this thing. I said, "Oh, I was like they're going thirteen and three. and then I was like, "No, bump that." 
14 and 2. And then even after that, I was like, yeah, 14 and 2, I'm sticking with it. As much as I could see myself going with Corey's 8-8 eight and eight, or Greg, even Greg's 5-11 and 11, the way this defense – because this defense – I don't think any of us anticipated how bad this defense yeah. was going to be. But this division is trash. This is a trash division. This division is garbage. Now, if they lose to the Giants or they give up – not even lose to the Giants. If they give up 30 points to the Giants – because, like, Aaron, I know you was like, well, this defense can't get no worse. It's gotten worse every week. Like, they gave, they gave up they gave up 20 to the Rams. They gave up 40 to the uh, – 40 to 39. the uh, – or, no, I'm sorry, 30, it was 20 to the Rams, 39 to the Falcons, 38 to the Seahawks, and 49 to the Browns. So, it's, it can get worse, but – I got him going ten and six. I revised it. Okay, but can can we also agree though that those first these first four games, I'm not gonna say that we face bum offenses because I mean the Rams, you know, they got Sean McVay. He he knows offense. You know, Atlanta, you know, they they always have players that are gonna run up the score. Yeah. See, Seattle is Seattle. We already know about them. This Browns team, even though we always say Browns are bad. And I always said, like, listen, one of these years, Browns are not going to be bad. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at their offense, though. I mean, outside yeah, of us. Yeah, bad football team. It's had bad coaching. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, think, I think Browns are still loaded with talent. So, I wouldn't yeah. be too too hard on Dallas right now, even though we're – I mean, we shouldn't give up 49 points to them. That's what However, I'm they're not yeah. as, as bad as we think they are. It's like my, – my thing is, it's like when I was talking to Corey about this on Sunday, like – all I'm asking defense to do with the offense we got, hold a team to 30. Hold a team yeah. to 30. But I don't think they can do that. I mean, I, I, I got them going 10 and 6. I got them going 10 and 6. But that's because they're in this terrible division. And I think that I do think they can go 6 and 0 in the division. And then outside of that, they got Cincinnati, which they should be able to beat. They should be able to beat Cincinnati. Like, I think they can beat the Cardinals. They should be able to take care. I mean, I'm. But, again, the way this team is constructed, I can see DeAndre Hopkins going for, like, 300 yards receiving on this team. I, I just don't don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I'll give them 10 and 6. I, that's my revised after looking at it. I'll go 10 and 6. I, they'll win the division. But, yeah, this defense got to get better. Because, I, I mean, and I, I, I'm, I, I appreciate that you ain't go off quite to the extent that, that uh, I thought you was, Greg. I mean, I think I went off enough for the both of us. <laughs> but, man, I'm just... I calmed myself down and just put... And, and, it, and it started off the conversation with the bag on my head. That was me being calm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope you're right, Aaron, though, about the offenses that they faced. It, it, but we'll see, I guess, over these next couple games. Yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah. I'm I'm thinking about it, and yeah, the offenses that we face, I mean, they can easily be top 10 offenses, so it, it, it's not like that we had the Washington football team laying up 49 points on us, you know, so we face decent competition. We'll see. I'm, t- I'm telling you right now, if they give up 20 plus or 30 to this Giants team that's <laughs> averaging like 11 points per game with that Jason Garrett offense, you know they try and run Jason <laughs> Garrett out of New York, but we said it at the start of the year. We was like, Jason Garrett, 
It was like, uh, okay. Like, <laughs> that predictable off, yo, if this defense don't shut down the Giants, I'm be like, okay, you know what? We got to score 50 points a game. They're going so to what do you, so, so what do you think the final score is going to be then against the Giants? I, I think the Cowboys are going to win. I think they're going to win it, like, Because of this defense, I'm going to say 34 to 20. 34 to 20, Cowboys. I like that because I'm looking at the Giants. Giants, again, are not as bad as you think because Giants' first game, they played Pittsburgh pretty tough. Yesterday, they played the Rams pretty tough. So even though Barkley's gone, I'm not going to just, you, you know, just say it's going to be an easy game to where it's going to roll over them. So I, oh, yeah. I put it. I do like the 34-20. Th- th- I think towards – in the second half, towards the end, you know, the fourth quarter, you know, will come through and yeah. go up late. But what, what do y'all think? Y'all, y'all think it's a – how y'all feel about the Giants game? Uh, I, I, I mean, it's a Giants. I mean, we, we always play each other tough, right? So, I think it, 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 it's a division game. I mean, I think, I think Garrett's going to try to show off a little bit. Um, so, I mean, I, mean, I, I think – I think it's going to be just like any other game. I think we have to score a lot of points because I think they're going to put up points. You know, our defense is shaky, so. Yeah. Corey? Yeah, I mean, Dallas should win. Um, and, 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 I mean, like, the – yeah, I, it shouldn't even be close, though. It's like, just how, how good the offense is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like your score of 34-20. I'll say, like, you know, 35-17. Something like that. All right, fellas, I appreciate y'all jumping on. I have y'all back on regardless of what the outcome is. (laughs) We'll see what it's going to be. But, yeah, I'll see y'all. Have a good one. All All right, right, fellas. See you guys. Have a good one. All right, fellas. So that's going to do it for my Cowboys talk. I will say this in in regards to players this week, uh, this past week. Um, As I'm posting this episode, the Cowboys play today. They're playing the Giants. And they should dominate. Earlier this week, when they was talking to uh, a lot, was talked about effort. They was talking about effort because the, what it looked like to people watching that Browns game, the way the Cowboys got ran over, it looked like they was putting forth a lack of effort. One of the players in particular, Xavier Woods, who has not been playing well. Let's just—I mean, there's nobody on defense that I can even say outside of Alden Smith and Trayvon Diggs, who's been putting forth effort. It's just that he's a rookie and he's—he's going to have some growing pains. Um, they've been terrible. But Xavier Woods, when they were asking about effort, he was saying, well, yeah, um, you can't expect players to go full, I'm I'm paraphrasing, to go, you know, full speed for 70 plays in a game. That's just asking too much of being realistic. I'll say this. He's probably not lying. That's just from a physical standpoint. You can't physically expect to, you know, exert the same amount of energy from the start of the game towards the end of the game. I get it. But there's certain moments where you have to put forth a full effort. And the fact that he felt comfortable enough to express that, I need him going. It's as simple as that. i make an example. You're cut. It's just that simple. Because if you put forth maybe a little bit of effort on that um, reverse that Odell Beckham took for 50 yards, maybe you could have got the ball back. And you could have won the game because you were only down by three. So I understand you're tired and you didn't, you know, uh, I can't do it. But as 
Yeah, and this was the quote that was going around a lot this week. Jimmy Johnson will always say, fatigue makes a coward of of men. And they need to get their conditioning right and they need to do something. But the fact that you feel comfortable enough, Xavier Woods, to express that and you pick and choose when you want to conserve energy, dog, you can conserve energy on the bench, like sitting at home on the couch because you'd be cut. And Demarcus Lawrence, who after the game want to criticize his own team and say, oh, we was soft, that S was soft. Then he will get mad at critics for criticizing their effort. Be like, y'all need to F y'all. Y'all don't know what you're talking about. Well, dog, you said it. You said the same thing. Like, it, all I'm saying is, I think the Cowboys are going to beat the Giants today. But if they don't, if you think I was screaming going off in this episode, whoo, you ain't seen nothing. But uh, up next is the end of my conversation on the first debate. And then I'll be wrapping up with what's coming in the next episode. This is the Zero to 100 podcast. So that, that brings me to this uh, next point that, or this next part that I wanted to um, to uh, share with you guys. And I'm going to play a quick little video and then I want to get your thoughts on it. So this was uh, Trump when he got... I just left Walter Reed Medical Center and it's really something very... The doctors, the nurses, the first responders. And I learned so much about coronavirus and one thing that's for certain, don't let it dominate you. Don't be afraid of it. You're going to beat it. We have the best medical equipment. We have the best medicines, all developed recently. And you're going to beat it. I went, I didn't feel so good. And two days ago, I could have left two days ago. Two days ago, I felt great, like better than I have in a long time. I said just recently, better than 20 years ago. Don't let it dominate. Don't let it take over your lives. Don't let that happen. We have the greatest country in the world. We're going back. We're going back to work. We're going to be out front. As your leader, I had to do that. I knew there's danger to it, but I had to do it. I stood out front. I led. Nobody that's a leader would not do what I did. And I know there's a risk, there's a danger, but that's okay. And now I'm better and maybe I'm immune. I don't know. But don't let it dominate your lives. Get out there, be careful. We have the best medicines in the world, and it all happened very shortly, and they're all getting approved, and the vaccines are coming momentarily. Thank you very much. And Walter Reed, what a group of people. Thank you very much. So... I have a lot to say about this, so please, let me just get... Uh, you already know I have a lot to say about this. All right, let me get my point. Let me say my thing real quick. Cause this is the thing that killed me about it. Like this is the thing that killed me. We even sitting there talking about. First off, don't let it dominate your life. First off, dude, people that have died from this, I don't think they was like, I'm not gonna let you dominate my life, COVID. I'm not gonna <laughs> let you dominate me. Like they didn't have a choice, dude. Like they got sick. You caught it because you sitting there like. <laughs> You you ignored like your own CDC guidelines. You tried to get your CDC people to change the guidelines to water it down. You refuse to wear a mask. You mock other people for wearing masks. You don't practice social distancing, and you hold super spreader events. It's supposed to be a shock that you caught. It'd been a shock to me if he didn't catch it. But then you go sit there and go. I don't know. Am I immune? I don't know. That's right. You don't know, you idiot. You're a doctor. You're a party. I'm just, 
it just it blows my mind. I have so much more to say, but I'm gonna give y'all some chances. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Now you know I this is near and dear to me. This part is I, I you y'all already know uh, my significant other heads up the COVID lab. Okay. So I hear it all the time. First of all, I just want to point out the ironic situation that he is in. Okay. He is getting the best free health care. Okay. Free. Because he, he not paying Absolutely. for that out of his own pocket. He's getting the best health care. So, of course, he's going to make, he's probably going to make it. And I find it so ironic that he's trying to take away Obamacare for the free health care for the people who make significantly less than he does. They make pennies compared to the millions that he's making. So I just wanted to point that out, how ironic that he can get free health care and he's a millionaire so he can afford it. But he wants to take it away from the poor people who actually can't not, you know, can't afford it. So I just wanted to point that out. Second of all, He's trying to act like he caught COVID, like he's a martyr. Oh, I had to do it for you people. Uh, no, you didn't do it for you people. You got COVID because you were mad, irresponsible, you dummy. Exactly. You're a, you're a dummy. All of your events have been, like Will said, huge COVID spreaders. And I don't understand how his base does not find, doesn't put the correlation. Uh, Herman Cain, matter of yes. fact, his ghost tweets are still saying that COVID ain't bad. This dude, dude died. Dude. What are you talking about? It is bad. That's number one. Second of all, for him to be like, oh, um, you just gotta live through it and whatnot and stuff like if it was that simple to live through it, you wouldn't have had two hundred and ten thousand Americans die. And you certainly wouldn't have the almost three million people around the world that have died if they could just simply live through it. So to sit there and to say that is so irresponsible. He all he put was all he said in that statement was just irresponsible and absolutely dangerous and God smackingly stupid. I just don't even understand how people can like intelligent people can look at this and be like, oh yeah, uh, I'll still vote for him. Are you serious okay. right now? Like, I mean, I when I saw that, I literally did this exactly what you see me doing now. I'm like. You gotta be kidding me. Like, I know he just did not just say this. Talk about, uh, what else did he say? Um, oh, 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 I'm immune to it. I don't know. No, you're not immune to it. Exactly. If you get COVID one time, you can get it again and again and again and again. Because that's one of the studies that came out. was like, even if you catch it, there's like no evidence that you would not be able to catch it again. Like, there's, there's no evidence of that. They were like, the window for you to be quote unquote immune to it is right. very short. There's like, yeah, maybe a month or two, but right. you can still catch it again. And on no top of that, then he takes him because he was the one who took himself out of the hospital. It wasn't because of the hospital yeah, told him to yep. leave. So he took himself out of the hospital, which means that you haven't even been in the care for a proper quarantine time. So you are still contagious as yep. a I'm not going to curse. I'm going to try not to curse. You are still <laughs> mad contagious. And you have the audacity to take your mask off and be yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I'm still having problems. I'm still breathing. Like, ha, 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 Go ahead, Greg. Heather had somebody Heather come to your hospital that, that caught the second time. Say that again, Greg. Heather had somebody come to the hospital that, that was there with it for the second time. So you say so okay. you can't again. 
Okay. So. I mean, so it's just like, it was just, I'm telling you, like my head is literally hurting. Just everything he said was just, oh my God. I'm like, you're going to get more people killed because you're your own stupidity. Like, this is where, like, where is, don't you have people, handlers? Like, why, why can't your handlers control you? I don't understand it. It's just, again, you know, this part gets me emotional and I get, like, really upset because COVID has literally changed me and Lynette's life. Like, seriously, it has changed it. For the good, I don't want to discredit that, but uh, for the bad. Like, her schedule's about to change. Her schedule has changed at least 10 times since COVID, just trying to deal with the influx of testing that they have. I mean, they're trying to make them do 9,000 a day. They're at 1,500 right now and they're dying. People are coming to work crying, having mental breakdowns, and they want them to now do 9,000 a day. And then you have this idiot coming out here saying this stuff. Do you understand like other people now go, oh, okay, it's not a good, it's not a big deal. So now they're gonna go out and yeah, I don't gotta wear a mask. And if I get it, it's just like the flu, no big deal. People died on the flu too. Exactly. I think the statistic is 100, 150,000 people died, I think, last year of the flu. So yeah. this corona is actually technically more dangerous than the flu. Yes. So it's just, oh man, God, y'all go ahead. Go ahead, Samaya. What was your thoughts? Uh, just listening from that, I can say, okay, like I never really thought of it. I just thought he was stupid or he just doesn't know. But I feel like, Trump just doesn't care about anyone, not even the people, really? his supporters. Because if that were true, he would have made sure that they were following CDC guidelines at his little Trump rallies. But he can't even do that. A, 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 someone with common sense would sit down and be like, hey, if I could get this treatment and feel like this in just two days, why can't I just make it where everyone in the country who was dying like by hunt the thousands have the same type of care so they're not dying like that and literally i mean people so many people are being affected by covid and like all you have to do is figure out a way where we can keep the numbers down and he couldn't he can't do that he acts like he it's not a big thing he the simple the simplest things he could have done and he can't do it and he still won't do it that just says to me that you don't care about the people at all and I don't, I don't know what he cares about, but all I know I'm is so like, at, for now, he can't, he can't be president any longer. Great. Well, here's, well, here's the thing about it. Like, first things first, like, you, uh, the American people don't want what he's on right now. Like, he's on like two experimental medicines that haven't been proven to do anything. So he's basically being a guinea pig for that shit. Second, that. The, the, and I'm, I'm going to mess this up that, that steroid that he's on Right It's like six times stronger Than pregnizone So like that have, That's why he's running around feeling like the Incredible Hulk Right now <laughs> And is masking a lot of that stuff That the, uh, the, the, like the, 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 Some of the symptoms That he may be experiencing That he think that he knows he's experiencing Because it masks that So he's still experiencing those symptoms Like he's still contagious But he just yep. doesn't have the fatigue he doesn't have like the shortness of breath. He doesn't have any of any, any of that stuff until he takes his next dose. You know what I mean? So that's the only reason why he's feeling better is because of that steroid that he's taking right now. But he's still contagious. He's still yeah. sick. And, and and even 
and even in that video that you uh, that you played right there, like you could tell he didn't even look that good. Oh yeah, no, that's the yeah, thing. Like, that, like he yeah. looked like he lost, like he looked like he lost a little bit of weight. Like he looked like like he like he he just looked like he wasn't standing up like you know broad shoulder chest all poked out. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't standing like that. So, I mean it. But here, but here's the thing too, I can make an argument that it's that that that, that he's faking the whole thing. See, that's that's all. I you know what I mean? Because yeah. like I like I think yeah. I, I I like here's the thing. Do I do I do I do I think he has it? Do I think he's faking it? Yeah. And the only reason why I think he has it is because I hope he has it. I really hope that's he like, has I'm, it. I'm just being I'm just being I'm just being straight up with you. Like, I hope he has it. But do I think he has it? No, I don't. So let me go around because yeah, I, that was a question. So Chris, do you think he's faking it? I don't know if he's faking it. I do know that I have been wishing and hoping that he got it, but I need it. And everybody's like, oh, some people were like, oh, that's, oh, that's mean. You're just as bad as him. And I was like, no, I need him to get it as bad as those 210,000 people who have passed away. He needs to get it that bad for the message to sink in. You know, it's like, it they're not going to let him die. Know. I don't think they're not going to let him die because he's the president. He's going to have the best care. We, we all know that, right? But I think... I was really hoping, crossing fingers, that there would be no way that he can lie if he had gotten that bad and that sick. And oh, and also to add to the point to that video where he's talking about, oh, the vaccine is momentarily. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it it's takes not. At least I mean, two to three years. it takes it takes how many years did the did we have the flu by the time we kind of came to a vaccine? And every year that vaccine has to be updated. Yeah. So I need her to stop saying that because then that, what that does is leave people to be reckless. Oh, well, there's a vaccine right there. So all I gotta, all I gotta do is just wait for but, it. No. But, but you know what's but, but you know what's crazy? Like like two thirds of his of his of his base don't even believe in vaccines. So they're not oh, gonna yeah. get this stuff anyway. Exactly. So I don't yeah. even know why they're pushing that. Like it's just yeah. crazy. But you know what? Maybe, maybe that Jim Jones Kool-Aid is in that vaccine because, like, <laughs> and I don't get it. So, I don't get it. So, Samaya, so all right, do you think he actually has it or do you think he's faking it? Uh, I think he actually has it. There, There's no way that you could do the things that he's done, not social distance, not wear a mask, go all over the, all over the country and not have COVID. It's not possible. That's that's why I am on it. I, I had that discussion with somebody where they was like, I mean, don't get me wrong, because he's such a liar, it it definitely crossed my mind. Like, oh, he's yeah. trying to lie. He gonna try to have this thing benefit him in some way. But I was just like, the real. It's like I said at the beginning. Like, he doesn't practice social distancing. He doesn't listen to the CDC guidelines. He doesn't wear a mask. And it's like in that video when he was sitting there on the balcony trying to to act show that he was like so healthy and everything, he looked like he was gasping for air. He looked like he was having shortness of breath. And the thing that made me so mad is like it's like y'all said, he does not care because there was a photographer behind him and he's taking a mask off while he's still contagious and sitting there while the photographers and stuff is right there. And I'm sitting there like you're content. Like, what are you doing? And his and the doctors are still are saying he's not out of the woods yet. It's like you said, you don't know how this. First off, dude, you in the you're 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 high risk. You're overweight. You're old, and you don't have good health. So 
you're high risk, buddy. And it's, you know, I just don't, I don't think he's, if, if, his, if his ploy was to try to fake it, it's not working. Because that's another thing, like a lot of, it's, if anything, is backfiring on him because, uh, you know, I don't put much stock in polls, but I will say that when they went to the national polls, to all these, it's like several national polls and people's like thoughts on how he's handling the situation, like is he's down. He's losing big time in regards to Biden in terms of how to handle the economy, how to handle coronavirus and how like to be responsible. And then the other reason I don't think he's faking is because there's an outbreak at the White House now, which oh, yeah. they've traced back to him. It's just like, like it's two housekeepers tested positive today. A valet tested positive. The, the speaker. Yeah, the speaker, the, the press secretary, her aides, uh, his other uh, dude. His, his, his wife. Yeah, his wife, his top, uh, one of his top advisors, Stephen Miller, he tested positive today. Uh, Chris Christie was helping him with debate prep. He tested positive. So it's like, what? <laughs> you're literally, like, you're a one-man outbreak. You're a typhoid Mary. <laughs> I, I, just hope, I just hope, like, the Secret Service, because they're the ones that, that are most closest to him, because they on him. Like, physically, they are on him. I just hope that they got an increase in has duty because that's literally has duty on top of that. Yeah, just got because this Joker is sitting there breathing in their faces and he got COVID. But here's the thing about it. Here's why you can make an argument that it's fake too. Because what are we all talking about? We're talking about um, we're talking about him, him, and the white and the rest of the White House being on fire right now with COVID. We're not talking about the rest of the country that starts slowly starting to cook back up with COVID. You know, cases are up here in Delaware. But see, I, th I think you know, that's just it. I think even if, even with that, though, it's not a good or positive thing. It's still, like, at least from what I'm seeing, it's like people, like, especially Biden, like, he's been hammering on it. Like, he's not handling it right. Therefore, he caught it. So you can't expect him to handle it right in the future because he still hasn't gotten a hold of it. And that's my thing. It's like, dude. I, that's what. That's the only reason why I'd be like, I don't think he's faking it. I just think he's. But here's, he's but here's the thing about it. Think about this too. If you're in his position, right? Say okay. you say you're Donald Trump and how he is. You, you you're Donald Trump completely. Would you rather the country and the rest of the world focus on one thing you messed up, or ten things you messed up in the in just the last week? I I think that messing up on this like especially because the numbers keep going up for COVID like to me his thing would be I want to get people off of COVID I don't want people talking about COVID because I yes yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly so one of the ways he did that was turning it back on him so now everybody's talking about him they're not talking about yeah but the, uh, talk the rest of the hundreds of thousand Americans who are dying and getting sick every day but see that's yeah, it. they are still I think they are talking about yes. him. I think you can't talk about him getting COVID without everybody else getting COVID. yes exactly it, it kind of goes hand in hand yeah. now if you were saying talking about COVID versus Black Lives Matter yeah. yes it's, it is taking the attention away from like Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on with the police and, and yeah. other issues yes okay. I would but, say hey, other but, issues but, but here's the thing about it so so we're thinking to, so we're and I'm only saying this because I watch I watch both but we're thinking you guys are thinking more in the terms of like the media that we watch we see that but before mm -hmm. like the media that they watch they weren't talking about all of that stuff you know what I mean I mean, I mean, they were talking about it. They were talking about how numbers are going up and stuff like that. But now it's all about Trump. 
and Biden and, and all this other stuff like it was before, but they were talking about that stuff before. They were talking about wearing the mask. They were talking about that stuff on like Fox News and stuff like that. But now they're not. Only thing they're showing now is just Trump being like this superhero. So now all of his base is the superhero again. But you know, but see, that's the thing. Fox News is a propaganda machine for him anyway. So to me, it's yeah, like but, for him, but but th but think about it is we know that, but people who watch it don't know that. But so that's just those, it. I just feel like I, I see, like I see your point, but I, I just feel like regardless of if he faked saying he had it or not, they weren't going to talk about the deaths rising in this country because it makes him look bad. They're like their propaganda wing for him to make him look good. So regardless of if he said, "Hey, I got it," or "I don't got it," like it's still like they still weren't going to focus on the depths of it. I feel like this, at, at least, at least the way he's been handling it just highlights further how poorly he's handled it to the point where he's caught it and there's an outbreak at the White House. Yeah, I mean I, I mean look, I, I don't disagree with you because I told mm -hmm. you like I mean part of me part of me thinks he has it because I hope he has it. You know what I mean? So like I'm not gonna argue with you on either one mm -hmm. of them like because it's just like I mean like do I think he's faking? Yeah. Do I want him to be faking? No. <laughs> you know so <laughs> I feel like another argument for why he could be faking it is that if he does say that he has COVID, but it's not that bad or you can live through it, other people are going to be like, oh, okay, well, Trump says he's had COVID, he can live through it, it's not that bad, then maybe all this COVID mess isn't a big deal. So, like, even though it, he could have it or he couldn't have it or it, he has, it, he's faking it's like taking people's minds, trying to switch people's minds to COVID isn't really that bad. And um, because of that, we shouldn't worry about COVID in the future. So therefore, the way I'm handling COVID right now isn't really that bad. And I shouldn't have to change it if you vote for me for the next four years. So, yeah. And I think that goes back to what Christina yeah. said at the very beginning is that it's irresponsible. And it's like, exactly. it's putting people's lives at risk so it's like yeah regardless of if he the way he's handling it is not the way to handle it so all right. i feel like in the past he's him and some of his people in his administration have tried to post things that weren't true about covid and twitter shut it down so i don't see why they recorded him saying that and put that on national tv yeah, that's just endangering people yeah, because they don't they care. Did, they did take some stuff out when, when Trump was saying that it was like the flu. I got a Facebook um, yeah. alert that said if they took it down because it's not, you know, yeah. it's not true. It's not, yeah, it's not like the same flu. thing. So you know, another, another point too, because mm -hmm. I know his, his base is seeing us. And I think it's, it's so sad. Like Greg said, like they just drinking the Kool-Aid mm -hmm. because this affects them. The the, uh, the the economy and all the other stuff that he's not doing for them, um, he's not fixing affects them the most, and they love him. He does literally nothing for them, but nothing but bringing them mm -hmm. closer to death, and they just love him for that. Yep. It's just crazy. It's like the Kool Aid. Yep. Oh, and it's like the people, the amount of people who support him, and they like they fight so hard against people who say that he's wrong. Mm -hmm. I, I want to believe that they have the, like a little inkling of intelligence to know what they're talking about. So I try to like look up these statistics that they have 
And like, I'm trying to understand it from their point of view, but I can't understand it. It's just literal nonsense. Yeah. It's stupidity. And it's amazing how it's gone this far. I just don't understand it. Well, I think you'll see too, you'll notice too that you'll always find information, whether it's right or wrong, that's going to suit your yeah, narrative. That's the problem of today. And it's that's like, the problem. Yeah, because it's like you're always going like to find it, information. If you don't like it, you can try to find something to back your thing up. And if it's something that goes contrary to what you are, you but like, oh, it's fake news. That's all you got to say. It's fake. Yeah. That's not true. Yeah. But last question for you guys. So tomorrow night is the um, <laughs> vice presidential debate between Kamala Harris <laughs> now, this and one I Mike see. Pitts. Are you guys watching? Yep. I'm going to try to watch. Oh, wait. I'm going to work tomorrow. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Ain't nobody going to talk over her. So, yes, honey. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Yes. Uncle yes. Billy, did you see the SNL? Um... Yes, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta get the clip, but I heard about it. I saw it. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I like Jason Sudeikis, uh, Joe Biden, but I, Jim Carrey did a good job. I thought it was funny. It yeah, was, that was really Alex good. Alex Baldwin as Trump is just... It's, yeah, it's hilarious. So, so good. Greg, are you watching the vice president debate tomorrow? Oh, you already know it, and I hope Kamala shows up there with the right Tim boots on this time. <laughs> yes, honey, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I hope, right. she, I hope I hope she I hope she rolls up I hope she rolls up rolls up there with the right tin boots on with a blunt in her hand <laughs> to let them know yeah let them to let them know that we ain't playing around and and but I don't even think about talking to her ass like that exactly you know no, what I mean it is not it is this, not going this, down like that what a, a presidential debate should be or a vice president yeah. Yeah. For because Pence is not stupid. He's not gonna be. I mean, he's stupid, but he's not gonna be like um, Trump. Yeah. And you ain't gonna talk over Kamala. That, and, and, and the one thing I'm looking forward to is I'm. I can't wait for that prosecutor and her to come out. Oh yeah, that's because what I'm saying. Yeah, are gonna come out and she's gonna be. She's yep. gonna be the one asking Pence the yep. questions. Watch. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Watch. That's gonna be good. Well, it's something to look forward to. I appreciate you guys taking the time and jumping on. All right. Yeah. Anytime, man. I'll definitely have you guys back because we'll probably talk about their VP debate. But stay safe and and uh, let's just get out there and vote these clowns out. All right, here we go. Have and a good one. All right, see you. Bye. See, ya. see you guys. That's gonna do it for the Zero to One Hundred podcast. Big shout out and thanks to all of my guests, uh, my niece Amaya, um, Christina, Greg. Corey, Aaron, really appreciate you guys jumping on. If you want to be a part of the Zero to 100 podcast, just email the show at zero to 100 pod at gmail.com. That's the number zero T O P O D, the number 100 at gmail.com. Join the conversation. Follow me on Twitter at WCW Poet. In the upcoming episode, next episode, uh, I have my niece Samaya back because she, again, this is her very first election, and I get her thoughts on the uh, Democratic uh, vice president debate, which took place this past week, which was uh, it was very different in terms of the presidential debate, but it was also equally, if not more so, hilarious to me anyway. And uh, I also have my sister Kenya on, and... Um, <laughs> we talk about that uh, primarily. Also, I'll definitely probably have my uh, 
Cowboys fans on. In fact, I'll probably try to have my dad on to get his thoughts. Uh, my dad is very even keel for the most part, especially when it comes to me. But like I said, if, they, if the Cowboys lose to the Giants today, my goodness, I'm going to probably go crazy. Um, it's going to be insane. I can already see it because this defense is, is colossally bad. Um, but they should be better. Then, like the Giants have the worst offense in the league, and so it's it's a matter of worst offense versus the worst defense. So something's got to give. But I still think the Cowboys should dominate and win. Um, but yeah, if there's any other top topics, because I've had a few people hit me up with some different subjects, and so I have a number of things coming out. I will try to be much more consistent in getting this out. I apologize for getting this episode out as late as I did. I meant to get it out much sooner, but um, I hope you guys have been enjoying the show as much as I've enjoyed doing it. And if there's any topic or subject that you'd like to discuss or any of the previous episodes that you want to share your thoughts, please let me know. Uh, Again, email 0to100pod at gmail.com. This has been the 0to100 Podcast. We out.